Welcome to the Telford Minster podcast. Thank you for joining us and listening along. Our vision is to make Jesus known in Telford and we hope that your attention is grabbed by Jesus today and what he is doing in your life. We have now moved into the completed Minster space on South Water Square in Telford and we'd love to invite you to come along and give church a try at our 4pm gatherings every Sunday opposite Wilco's and above Novella Lounge. Enjoy the podcast. Amen. Wow. So yeah, we have, we're in Advent, we're in Christmassy, well, not quite Christmas yet, but we're, if you say Christmas in church at the moment, you're actually wrong because Christmas isn't till Christmas Day. That's when Christmas season begins in the Church of England. So we are in Advent um, and we are starting a new series, as Matt said earlier, so we're meeting the family. So I wonder if you could just maybe turn to your person next to you or just around you and have a think about who we might think about over the next few weeks who might be in the Christmas or Jesus's part of Jesus's family. Not necessarily biological, so who might we think about over the next week? Just have a little chat among yourselves. You can turn around and talk to each other, that's okay. So have we all got some ideas? I'm going to ask each area of the room. So who might we think about who's part of Jesus' family? Should we start here? So anyone here got any suggestions who we might be thinking about? Herod. We might be thinking about Herod. We might indeed. He's got an advantage, though, because he put together the series. So that's not really fair. Anyone over here? In Jesus' family, there's a mom and dad. Does that give a hint? Mary, we'll be thinking about Mary. Thank you, thank you. Over here, who might we be thinking about? James. Yeah, but we might be thinking about him. Anybody else? Who went to go and visit Jesus? Some three wise men. We're going to think about some three wise men. We're going to be thinking about Mary and Joseph. We're going to be thinking about Herod. We're going to be thinking about some smelly shepherds. We're going to be thinking about Elizabeth and Zachariah. And that is exactly where we're going to begin today. So we begin with this, Elizabeth and Zachariah. Elizabeth, who was Mary's cousin. And our reading today is from the moment that Mary discovered that Elizabeth was pregnant. And it says, and this is in Luke 1, verses 39 to 45. Mary got up and went quickly to a town in a hill, country of Judea. She went into Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the unborn baby inside of her jumped, and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she said to Mary, God has blessed you more than any other woman, and God has blessed the baby you will have. You are the mother, my Lord, and you have come to me. Why has something so good happened to me? 
when I heard your voice, the baby jumped with joy. Great blessings are yours because you believe what the Lord said to you. You believed that this would happen. So that is the kind of the end of the, the reading. This comes a bit later and before we think about really what is going on in this, this story. But there's so much more to the story of Elizabeth and Zachariah than that moment. It all kind of builds up into that moment where Elizabeth learns about Mary and Mary about Elizabeth, about the babies that they're going to have. So these, this baby that uh, Elizabeth was pregnant with was a really significant child. She was going to give birth to John the Baptist. But that's really, that is actually the end of their story. So we're going to think about what happened in the beginning. So Zechariah and Elizabeth. Well, Zechariah literally means who God remembered and was a Jewish priest. His wife, Elizabeth, which means God is my oath, came from a priestly family whose lineage went all the way back to Aaron, who you can find all about in the Old Testament, and was the brother of Moses. So both Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were devout Jews. They were, they knew all the laws, they were, they, they knew what they were about, they knew who God was, they believed and loved him, and they were really faithful people. However, they had a heartbreaking problem that they, they couldn't have children. They were elderly and at this point had come to the point where they thought, actually, this isn't going to happen for us now. We're not going to be able to have children. Because that child never came, even though they prayed fiercely to God for a child. But these people, they were faithful. And one day, when Zechariah was performing his priestly duties and was at the altar table, he saw the angel Gabriel appear next to it. And the angel came to him to tell him some news, to tell him some shocking news, some unbelievable news that he couldn't believe. The angel Gabriel, the same angel that visited Mary, had come to visit Zechariah to tell him that Elizabeth, in her old age, was going to have a baby. But this man, this man was so shocked about what was happening, about what was going to happen to his wife, that he couldn't believe it. And he questioned the angel. He was so shocked. And he said, this cannot be true. This can't be the case. There's no way that she can be pregnant. And what did the angel do? The angel muted Zechariah, took away his voice, because he doubted God's messenger. And he was unable to speak for nine whole months. So meanwhile, about six months into the pregnancy, while all this was going on, while Zechariah was mute and Elizabeth was growing a baby, Gabriel visited Mary and came to give another message about a baby, but a bit more on that in a few weeks' time. So we've got Zachariah, who's mute, and Elizabeth, who's overjoyed with what's happening, of the promise and the fulfillment of, the, of God, of what she'd prayed for, and was full of joy. When this baby was born, on the eighth day, like good, 
the good news came, and um, John, John, baby John, was taken to the temple, but at this point was not, didn't have a name. So it was about the eighth day after he was born, and they took him to the temple to be circumcised. And in this moment in the temple, Zachariah, still unable to speak, got an- the angel Gabriel had said what this baby was to be called. So she took it to the priests, and they said, what is it to be called? And she said, John. And they said, no, this, this cannot be so. John is not a name in your family. And Zechariah asked for a tablet to write down, and he wrote the name John. And in that moment, he was able to speak again. After nine plus months of being mute, Zechariah broke forth in one of the most beautiful statements of praise recorded in the Bible, declaring in the prophetic utterance, coming not just of his son John, but of the Messiah Jesus. And this story of Elizabeth and Zechariah, an elderly couple who had a wonderful surprise that was a great, great blessing from the Lord our God. But what does it teach us? Well, I think there's many things that this passage teaches us. But I'm going to think about three things with you today. So number one, we're going to think about that God isn't finished with you yet. We're going to think about how we need to pause and have moments with God and about trusting in him. And we're going to finally think about God, the God full of surprises. So do keep these passages open just as we begin to really dig in and really think about what this means for us in this Advent season of our wonderful God. So, Elizabeth and Zechariah, after their life, or throughout their life, they had prayed for a child, probably and probably been disrespected because they couldn't have a child. You see then, if you didn't have a child in, in the Jewish faith, within Jewish community, people would look at you and think, well, you don't honor God enough. You can't be as holy as me because God hasn't blessed you with a child. That is absolutely not what God is about at all. But that is what these people believed. And they were desperate for a baby, Elizabeth and Zechariah. And they'd spent their whole lives being faithful to God. And they'd looked to him, they'd prayed for him, they'd worshipped him. They'd turned up at all hours of the day to take their sacrifices to God. And yet, they didn't have a child. But in, the, in those days, in those times, this passage teaches us so much about however old we are, whoever we are, God is not finished with us yet. So imagine for a moment that you are Elizabeth and Zechariah, that you have been wholly devoted to God. You've given everything to God that you could possibly give. Everything, your time, your money, your life, your work, you've given it to God. But God hasn't given you the one thing that you've been desperate for. How would you have felt? You probably would feel a little bit rubbish. You might even look at the people around you and think, well, they've not been as holy as me. They've got everything. What are you doing, God? You might think something like that. Or you might think 
a little bit like Elizabeth and Zachariah, who said, okay, God, it's not, it's not in your plan for us. And that's okay. But the thing was, God had a massive, massive plan for Elizabeth and Zechariah. They might have been old. They might have thought, God, you're finished with us. We're just going to carry out our days as we are and carry on doing our faithful duties. And then God, in his wonderful, surprising and beautiful way, blessed them with a baby that was part of transforming the world in birthing John into the world, who baptized Jesus, who prepared for some of the way for Jesus to become incarnate and share the word of God and die for us on the cross so that we could have eternal life in heaven. God had a plan for these people. Now, you might be sitting here and thinking, I have no idea what God's got for me. You might be thinking, I've done all of this stuff for God. He's finished with me. There's nothing else. Or you might just be wondering, God hasn't used me at all. Whether you are 10 in your 20s, in your 30s, in your 40s, in your 60s, in your 80s, in your 90s. God isn't finished with you yet. God wasn't finished with Elizabeth and Zachariah and had incredible plans for them and for their life. God hasn't finished with you yet. Don't rule yourself out. Don't give up on yourself. Continue to pray those bold prayers. Because who knows what God is going to do with you. So my second point is all about the fact that sometimes we've just got to stop. We're going to find out what God has for us and what God wants for us. Sometimes that means we might need to be quiet. Zachariah was a paid professional and he was faithful in carrying out the functions that are assigned to him in temple worship. But when God, through the angel Gabriel, spoke specifically to Zachariah, Zachariah was confused. He doubted. He spoke back with these words. How will I know this is so? For I'm an old man. My wife is getting on in years. And Gabriel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute and able to speak until the days these things occur. When Gabriel came to see Zechariah, he didn't take a breath. He didn't take a moment. He just immediately ruled out what was being said and doubted God, doubted God's heavenly messenger. And what did he do? What did the angel Gabriel do? He literally shut him up. You see, sometimes God has to be severe with his methods to get our attention. Last week, if you were here, but do take a listen if you weren't. Uh, Christopher filled, uh, finished off our series about the Apprentice Toolkit and talked about retreating and the importance of being quiet and listening to God. Again, whoever we are, whether we are, we, whatever age, whether we are small or big or old or young, 
whoever we are, whatever age we are. It's so, so important for us to take a moment to fix our eyes on Jesus, be quiet and listen to him. We're so caught up in our lives that sometimes we forget to stop and take a breath and look to him. Those of you who know me well and have been, a, been around me will know that I find it quite hard to be quiet sometimes. In fact, at home, I, I cannot stand to be at home in the quiet, and I'll have something on all of the time. When I was a student, my housemates always said they knew when I was home because I, I was always noisy. There was always noise coming from my room, and that's not changed. But those moments when I say, I make the space for God, I make those times of quiet in my days and my weeks and my months and my years, to be quiet and listen to God are the most transformational for me, my, my faith, my ministry, and my life. In those moments when God forces me to shut up and be quiet, and sometimes it's like an audible voice that's saying, Steph, stop and listen. I'm talking to you. I've been some of the moments where my life has been the most incredible, the most challenging, and the most wonderful. I've never physically been muted, though. Some people might wish that I had. But sometimes that's what God's got to do. It is so important in the middle of our chaotic lives to be quiet and to grow in faith with God. Because remember, no matter how old or young you are, you are meant to be sent. So be willing to be surprised by God and open yourself up to maturing in faith in that quiet time with God that enables you to continually be used by God. Because who knows what great blessings from the Lord you may encounter. Because you know what? God is full of surprises. But it can be really hard to trust in God, to even think that those surprises might be for you. A man called Charles Spurgeon says, I do not believe there ever existed a Christian yet who did not know, did not now, and then doubt his interest in Jesus. I think when a man says, I never doubt, it's quite time for us to doubt him. It's okay if you doubted in God. It's okay if you've not said those prayers because you don't think that God is going to hear you. It's okay if you felt that way. You're not on your own. Charles Spurgeon is a famous theologian who gave his, like, his whole life is about Jesus and studying the Bible, or was. It's okay. But we see time and time again throughout the Bible, throughout our lives, that there's actually no reason to doubt God. But it's so easy to end up in that situation. And Zechariah too, a priest in holy orders, still doubted God. Yet his wife didn't. His wife, who was a devout Jew and watched everything that God was doing, didn't doubt in God. She was filled with joy and excitement. I think perhaps that might be because she probably felt her body was different. And it might have taken a while for Zachariah, who 
just couldn't believe that this was happening to even fathom that that could happen to him and his wife. It was a wonderful surprise, even though Zechariah doubted God. Christmas is full of surprises, isn't it? Even down to the presents that we get or the things that people do for one another or how busy, I mean, you probably who lived in Telford a long time, I cannot believe how busy it is at the moment. That was a surprise to me today. It is so busy in Telford. But it's full of surprises, even in the, you come to a place and it's so beautiful and your breath is taken away. A friend, a colleague, a neighbor surprises you with an act of generosity, a gift perhaps, or just showing love to you. That's a moment of surprise and can take your breath away. We often measure our lives by the breaths that we take. But perhaps it may be better for us to measure our lives by the breaths that we miss. In those times of amazement and astonishment, when suddenly our attention is carried away, that God catches us by surprise and he takes our breath away. The only problem is, is that some of us are so carefully ensconced in ourselves, in our religious tradition, or even in the fact that you are adamant that God doesn't exist and it's just a nice place to come, is church. Or just, I'm just going to come along with my loved one or my friend. And you've actually just gone, no, I rule out God. I don't believe that he's got surprises. I don't even believe in him. Now, I realize that it's quite unlikely, but I wouldn't rule it out because I'm not going to doubt God, that Jesus isn't physically going to walk into the room right now. But the fact is that Jesus is in the room right now with us in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, the very God of the universe, is active observer in all that we are doing in this room. All the thoughts in your mind, all the things that you've got whirling around, all your fears, your concerns, your health problems, your financial problems, the deep ache of loneliness that you might feel, the fear of the cost of living, the joy that you may have in something, the boredom you might have right now that I'm still talking, all the things that are going on in your mind right now, in your lives right now, God knows about. He knows your innermost being. But you know what? All he wants to do is meet you at your point of need. He wants to surprise you with his joy. He wants to bring you the gifts that you need. He wants to help you in your life. He wants to be with you. So what have you been praying for recently? Have your prayers been bold? Have you actually had no time to pray? Have you not even crossed your mind to pray? How have you been spending your time with God? Imagine how many times Zachariah and Elizabeth would have prayed for a child. How much, how the desperation would have been for them. Then look how stunned they were when their prayer was answered. But not in their timing, but in God's. So friends, let's not be stunned when God answers our prayers. 
We need to be increasingly alert to understand the ways that God goes beyond your ways and does so much more than you and I could possibly do. Sometimes the way that God answers our prayers is not what we want. We may think he's been silent and not listening to us. Sometimes he'll answer them in ways that you're like, what? What's that about? But it's always in our interest and it's always God who wants to do the best for us. There's been many times when I have prayed and gone, God, where are you? What are you doing? Or gone, God, I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to go my way and do my thing. And then God has gone, no, and slammed that door in my face. Even when I've been desperate for that thing. Because he's done that because he knows me. He knows what I need in my life. But of course, there's times, and I'm so happy to pray with you about this, when we're praying and we still haven't seen that answer to prayer. When we are fearful and we are worried and we are concerned and we really want God to move, but he doesn't. That is part of being a Christian. I have no answers for that right now, but I do and I am happy to pray with you. But this is why we need to take time to be still, to look to God, our good shepherd, to be quiet and focus on him. You see, these two people, Zachariah and Elizabeth, we can so easily forget about who they are. Forget them in the wonder of Christmas. It's all about Jesus. Jesus came and was born and dwelt among us. But it's their story, too, that is richly and deeply entwined with that of Jesus's. After all, he was his sort of auntie, second auntie, however you want to define that, but was related to Jesus, as Mary was Elizabeth's cousin. Their story, their son that they birthed into the world, became Jesus's friend, the person that baptized him in the River Jordan. It's unlikely that Elizabeth and Zachariah got to ever see the son that they brought into the world grow up. They probably died. But still, their son was an incredible, incredible man. And it's worth reading John the Baptist's full story, too, in your Bibles. So these two people, they teach us that whoever we are, God isn't done with us yet. If that's you today, we will pray with you. If you feel that God isn't, isn't speaking, isn't moving, or you, you feel that you, God is done with you, that's not the case. So let us pray with you if you feel that way. It te- this story teaches us as well to not doubt in our loving God, to not doubt that God is moving and answering our prayers. It teaches us the importance of being quiet with him and trusting in him. And it teaches us that our God is full of surprises. It's full of wonder. Children at Christmas are full in awe at the lights. You can only see Laura carrying little Annie and she's staring at the lights and the wonder. 
It's a time where children go, wow. It's a time when I go, wow. But God is doing that every single day of the year. We just have to stop and look at our gods who is full of surprises. Thanks for listening. We hope this time blessed you. Hit the subscribe button to hear more like this. And to find out more about Telferminster, follow us at Telferminster on Instagram and Facebook or go to telferminster.org.uk.